welcome to the Open Government Podcast. I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasta. Each episode of the Open Government Podcast brings you an interview with someone working on open government and citizen engagement in their community. And today we have Tim Bousquet, editor and publisher of the Halifax Examiner. But by trade, Tim is an investigative reporter who has exposed corruption and misspending in Halifax for a number of years. Notably, last year, Tim investigated the suspicious circumstances surrounding the death of a promising young woman in 2010, which would lead to the police department reviewing its investigation. Now, Tim, it looks as though you're right into the thick. It looks as though you're right into the thick of things, and I'd like to ask you about the Freedom Freedom of Information Act, because from my understanding, from what I recall from the Open Government Tour. You have some very strong opinions about reforming that act. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I should say mostly I deal with local and provincial government here in Nova Scotia. So I'm dealing with the uh, Provincial uh, Freedom of Information Act primarily. I, I do use the federal act, but not as much as I do the provincial act, which I, I know kind of inside and out. Um, so yeah, I use it. Uh, I probably right at this very moment have I don't know twenty uh, different freedom of information requests out, um, and um, get rather frustrated by it. In what way that, that that you find the process frustrating? Like, if there's one thing you could change about the act, like what would it be? Is it because you're getting just a whole bunch of redacted reports? Is it because it's taking too long? Is it too expensive? Yeah, I, I would say the time frame is the biggest issue. Uh, to back up a little bit, I think, uh, you know, much of this information that I find I have to file a freedom of information request for, um, should I, I shouldn't have to file that freedom of information request. Uh, it should be routinely made available uh, with a simple phone call. So to give you an example, right now I'm dealing with um, uh, a police department uh uh, issue and I, I, I called I called today to City Hall and say, hey, I need to know uh, uh, payments made to this vendor because um, I'm working on a long story about this. And uh, they said, well, you'll have to follow a freedom of information request for that. I, I maintain that I shouldn't even have to go through this process at all. They should just be able to check their records and call me back in 10 minutes with the information I, I'm looking for. So um, what's going to happen is it's going to be at least a month, probably two months before I get very basic information that's available on a, a you know one click of a computer screen. So this inavailability of what you consider basic information, how does that affect the relationship you have with government? And how does that make you uh, feel like they're doing uh, with regards to citizen engagement? Yeah, well, this is the from a journal as a journalist. This is uh, what I'm facing time and again. It's it's, um, they throw forward. Hey, we got this Freedom of Information Act. Uh, Deal with this and you'll get whatever you're looking for. Leaving aside the question of whether I'll get whatever I'm looking for, uh, as a a journalist, timeliness is is of the essence. You know, I'm working on a story. I I, I need to uh, uh, find out about that story before it leaves the news cycle. Um, By throwing up the freedom of information process, um, they're delaying it at least 30 days and probably 60 days and very often, you know, uh, six months or a year. So, this is uh, 
this is uh, the kind of thing that I'm, I'm facing all the time. I, I think there's a lot of dodges that go on in this process. Uh, I know that many of the people you've talked to in, in past podcasts are kind of open data freaks, and, and that's great and good on them. I, I've got no complaint with that. Um, but the, I see that as, as part of the dodge that I face. So, um, you know, government will say to the public, look, we're making all this uh, data available. You know, you can get bus stop information and mapping information and, you know, on and on and on. And that's good for people that want to use that. But from a journalistic perspective, that's really not the kind of information I'm looking for. I'm looking for you know, payments made. Uh, I'm looking for police reports. I'm looking for um, contracts with vendors. Um, and, and that's the stuff that is that reporters deal with in a day in, day out process. And that stuff's getting harder and harder to access. And they're telling the public, hey, look at this. We're having, um, you know, uh, little get togethers where we're making all this data available. See how open we are. Um, yeah, sure. That's great. That um, you know some, uh, and I don't say this disparagingly at all. That it's great that a bunch of geeks can get together and, and figure out how to make apps for for maps and, and and bus stops and so forth. But that ain't journalism. Um, you know, I have a whole different kind of uh, of focus going on here. So I want to just quickly build on that is you're saying that's not journalism. So what is the role of the journalist in actually building citizen engagement? And what's the role of journal the journalist and of media to kind of mediate or whether to be this conduit between government and the citizen? Yeah, well, I'll give you a, a concrete example. Uh, City of Halifax some years ago, uh, in its wisdom, decided that uh, – the, all the the all the ice rinks, you know, hockey and, and so forth, um, that they used to be operated by the by the city itself, by the recreation department, and they decided that they would um, they would contract out management of these facilities. Now that's a political decision. Might be the right one. Might be the wrong one. Um, my role as a reporter is to dive into that issue and tell the public. Well, here's how your money's being used. Here's how efficiently it's being used. Um, what do you think? Um, but I can't do that unless I know what the contractual arrangements w- with the company are. In this case, it's a company called New Stadia, which is all across the country, um, a recreation management firm. So I, I can go back in the city budgets and I can tell you to the penny what um, city management costs were for managing these ice rinks. That's all been contracted out. I can't tell you what it's costing us now because they won't make that information available to me. So the public has no uh, no way to assess whether this was a, a, a good political move, a good governmental move. Are we saving money? Are things being done more efficient, efficiently? Or is it just all going in the uh, profit for someone? We have no way of telling because the dollar amounts are not public. Uh, no. So so that's a very concrete example of, of of the kind of thing that I I need public information for. Now, back at the open government tour in Halifax, I remember you and I having different points of views on, on this issue, which is I'm of the proponent that it's baby steps. It's going to take a while before we get to that full transparency uh, that people are asking for. But your thing is that because you've been in the trenches for so long is that you're tired of waiting. 
Well, yeah. And um, I got to say, there's, you know, a few thoughts on that kind of scattered here. But, but uh, you know, I, I um, became I grew up and became started my career down in the United States. And um, in, in the U.S., uh, these sort of nuts and bolts, uh, what are you spending money on kind of questions? Um, they just aren't there. It's, uh, that information is just public by default. A uh, reporter can get it immediately. Uh, so it was quite a shock moving to Canada and finding that, uh, you know, a question I used to be able to just pick up the phone and get an answer for down in the States. It now takes me 60, 90 days to get an answer for um, and I'm not sure why that process is there. I have a lot of thoughts on that in terms of uh, the colonial past and things, but that's a sort of philosophical uh, question. Another thought is that uh, um, open data is good, and, and you know, I, I'm not um, faulting that process at all. I, I understand how um, you know, bureaucrats are dealing with data sets and aren't used to uh, making them available to the public and i think it's a good thing that that uh, those data sets uh, um, you know that we're figuring out ways of, of making that information public um i see that as a very technical issue um and one that uh, again it, it needs to it needs to happen and it, it should happen and it should be the uh, i mean it's the role of public servants to make that that information available to the public um for the asking um but it's kind of in a different category of information than uh, the kinds of stuff that journalists deal with. And, um, it, you know, um, I, I see the stuff I deal with as more straight up kind of governance issues. It's not a question of, um, you know, I, I keep coming back to the, the bus routine in, information or, or whatever. Important stuff. I mean, you know, to be able to, to uh, for the citizens to have better access to that information and all the apps that get developed with it and all that sort of stuff uh, improves people's lives and et cetera. That's good. Um, again, it's categorically different than um, the public being able to know where its, pack, where its tax dollars are being spent. And that's the sort of thing that I'm working on. Can I push back on you on that? What if yeah. that what if that that different category of information you're saying, for example, procurement data or contract data, what if that was opened up? Would you still consider open data then a thing of bunch of geeks in a room or is this would that be a good extension of this kind of open data movement? Well, yeah, like like I say, I don't I, I'm not disparaging the geeks in the room. I think it's really important stuff. Uh um you, you know, we're we're um uh this we're facing some of these problems here in Halifax that uh, people developing apps and so forth have had uh, not, not been terribly successful until very recently um, getting access to data. And, and I, I do think that's important work. Don't, don't misunderstand me. Um, I just see it as something different than journalism. You guys are, are dealing with um, um, trying to make government work in very specific ways in a, in a public way, um, and that's good. That's that's really good. I'm, again, I'm not disparaging that in, in the least little bit. Uh, I'm just saying there's a whole different set of issues that involve, you know, procurement issues, government expenditures, who's getting paid what, the, uh, so that we can get to the philosophy behind government and. Um, uh, the public has, very much has has a right to 
to know that that information and it's being excluded where i where i see the 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 geeky stuff the good geeky stuff is is important and good but it it's almost as if it's a bone thrown out to the public see we're doing this sort of stuff um from a political standpoint you know the, the mayor can point at open data sets and say Look, we've we're becoming, you know, we're we're doing our our job of, of being open to to uh, the public. But then on the other hand, I still can't know how much new stadia is getting paid. So I'm gonna I'm gonna push right back at you once more again and say, what happens if that procurement data and that contract data was open? Uh, again, you you say it's a different category of data, but once it is open, wouldn't that also be open data, and it's not just for the geeks anymore? Sure. I mean, that's the whole point of making it public so that anyone, I mean, I, you know, I, it's my role, but anyone could do it, can can assess whether this uh, public policy decision to contract this stuff out to private, you know, privatized management, basically, whether that was a good decision or not. And the public has no way of, of assessing that now without the hard data. So, yeah, it's, it's uh, sure. And this is great, and and that's the reason why you know personally I'm a big fan of open government and open data because fundamentally, whether it's through journalism or technology or advocacy or whatever, what we're concerned with is fundamentally is governance, and that's what sort of brings everything together. And what we all want is to be on the same page as to what's going on, and that's why we need people like yourself, Tim. Who are a bit more irreverent, perhaps, but uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's it's welcome. So, so so thank you so much for joining us. We have to wrap, but unfortunately, like this conversation, these I love these conversations, and <laughs> but unfortunately, we just got to wrap. But so thank you so much, Tim, for joining us today. Well, it's good to talk to you, Samir. Thanks a lot. That was Tim Buskay <laughs> from Halifax, Nova Scotia on the Open Government Podcast. If you have any questions about today's episode, you can reach Tim on Twitter at Tim underscore Buskay. That's B-O-U-S-Q-U-E-T or through his website, HalifaxExaminer.ca. And as, of course, you can always reach us on our hashtag at OGTPod. Thanks as always to Cheryl's Crush for providing the podcast music. Until next time, I'm Richard Pietro. And I'm Samir Vasa. Thanks for listening to the Open Government Podcast. We'll be back soon with our next interview. Thank you.